tweet at SFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. Let's start with the first conversation. Can we make sure that our children continue learning at home despite having limited resources, especially when it comes to educational resources? While speaking to us about this, we've got Dr. Andrea Juan, who's a research specialist for the Human Science Research Council. Thank you very much for joining us, Dr. Juan. Good evening, Patricia. My pleasure. Dr. Juan, we are aware that uh, since the lockdown, especially for children who are in families that are are not able to take them through private education or not able to access the likes of uh, online education, learning has been a bit of a contentious issue. It's been a difficult one for us as South Africans to address. But you have said that it is possible for us as parents and guardians and caregivers to ensure that learning still continues in the home environment. Could you please talk to us about this and how we can make this happen for all children? Um, yes, like like you've said, because of the, the closure of schools, um, I think the inequalities in our education system have become um, quite apparent. Uh, we knew they were there, uh, but we didn't know how, how deep they were until... Uh, you know, one sector of our society was able to continue with schooling online and the majority of kids could not because there was no access to internet or material from school. Um, but what thing we've learned from our research is that, um, especially for younger kids, um, parents or caregivers in the home don't need all these expensive, you know, the puzzles and the Lego and uh, those sort of stimulating um, activities uh, for kids to um, uh, to do with them uh, in order to build their cognitive abilities, their problem solving. Um, so while curriculum might have stopped, uh, we don't stop learning. Um, and to do that uh, in the home is actually quite easy. Um, it's as simple as telling each other stories or pointing out shapes in the home or um, sorting out the things that are circles um, in your home. So um, like you said, they don't need to be extensive. They don't need to actually have any materials. Uh, but parents and caregivers can stimulate children um, to develop these, especially these problem-solving skills that are so important uh, for later on. Dr. Juan, Juan, I'd like you to please maybe give us uh, the age that uh, this particular research would be appropriate for, because I can only imagine that this would not be appropriate for my seven-year-old or my 15-year-old who's at home right now, but perhaps for early childhood only. Um, Yeah, so maybe even your seven-year-old, we look at from birth all the way to around six or seven. Um, your 15-year-old uh, <laughs> would actually have to uh, keep going with, with the curriculum. Um, but in terms of our age range, we did look, did look at younger younger children. Mm. 
And, um, you know, for, for us as parents and guardians and caregivers, obviously this time is a very stressful and strenuous time emotionally and mentally. How important mm. is it for, for us to continue the learning process for our children, although it's outside of the curriculum, but just for them to be able to get those cognitive skills and also learn new concepts and understand new words? How important is it for us as the caregivers to be mentally and emotionally sound-minded? Um, yeah, so from the parent to the caregiver's um, point of view, I think this period has been tremendously stressful. Um, I think a lot of parents now um, really value <laughs> having teachers in their lives um, and, and see the real importance of having a teacher who's a specialist in a subject or in, in teaching to lead the, and guide guide the children. Um, but uh, from... <clears throat> from a parent's uh, point of view, um, we see that uh, parents are working at home, they're trying to become a homeschool um, teacher, and they're doing home activities and domestic um, activities. Um, and one of the things that uh, researchers have, have told us is that there needs to be some kind of routine um, that parents follow where, you know, there is a set school time, so there's time for the parents to work, time for parents to sit with their kids to do um, some kind of learning, and then for them to do their domestic chores. And I, I, I think this is one way that stress can be minimized and the mental health of parents can be, um, uh, can be kept in a positive way. So it is very important for us to have a routine as uh, caregivers. Remember, you are at home are more than welcome to interact with us. We are talking to Dr. Andrea Juan, who is a research specialist, a human science research council. And we're talking about how we as parents and caregivers and guardians can make sure that children keep on learning at home and even if we don't have enough materials remember the number that you can be in touch with us on is on whatsapp 0614104107 or you can call us on 0891104207 on social media platforms at SAFM Radio at Patricia N. Ntuli. Dr. Juan, uh, let's let's talk about how then once I've put together my my um, my schedule or my routine how do I make sure that this young person gives me the attention that they would give their teacher because I'm, I'm mommy at home. I'm, I'm mm. not teacher at home. How do I make yeah. sure that I, I can get them to actually play along with me and say, this is a square, this is a circle, and, mm. and, and utilize whatever materials we have at home. But how do I grab their attention? I think uh, one of the important findings from our research is that these activities need to be fun, um, especially for the younger kids. Um, it might be a bit confusing, and we're seeing a lot of uh, mental stress for younger children who aren't socializing with their peers anymore and who have been, you know, cooped up in, in, um, at home for a while. We have to make the learning experience fun at home. So if the child doesn't think that this is another form of school, um, that would be really helpful and, and, and go a long way to keep your child engaged. Um, an important thing from our, our research is that we asked parents of 10,000 children, um, you know, what in, what activities did you engage in with your children before they went to grade uh, one? 
And we asked them about, you know, playing games, playing with toys, singing songs to each other, telling each other stories. Um, and these aren't uh, what you normally associate, you know, writing out the al- alphabet or being able to recite uh, numbers 1 to 10 before you're in grade 1. These are fun activities, but they're really helping the children um, with their problem solving, with their reasoning, with their spatial awareness. Um, and all these skills are so important later on in life. We were able to determine um, or show a link between doing these activities in the home and how children performed in maths and science tests five years later. Um, so I think it's important that, yes, it's important for the, the lockdown period that we still engage our children and keep them in this learning um, kind of mode. But this should go beyond that. This should be an everyday thing for parents to engage their children in because it almost sets Let, out your path. Dr. Juan, let's uh, take uh, your thoughts after this. SAFM. Prime time all day long. SAFM leading the late night conversation with me, Patricia Dooley, and we are speaking to Dr. Andrea Juan, who is uh, the research specialist for the Human Science Research Council. We are speaking about the fact that children can continue learning at home, even if we don't have much needed resources, material resources for their learning. Dr. Juan, uh, before we went on a break, you were explaining to us the the impact that uh, home learning can have on students, even in later learning life yes um, so this the no, the idea is that you can't develop complex skills without having the very basic skills and some of the skills that we need um, at school and learning mathematics or science or in life uh, thinking laterally or analytically or making decisions and reasoning they're all built on these skills that we acquire when we're um, sometimes can't even talk yet when we're very young. Um, And it's these first few years of a child's life that are so fundamental um, and shape how our lives will turn out. Um, And it's this time when um, your brain is still developing and it's building these pathways um, and we need to tap into that potential um, and so that later in life we have kids who um, have good reasoning skills, who can concentrate, um, who can remember things and learn things quickly. Very important points there. And I think a lot of children right now are at home, parents are frustrated. We want to make sure that our children learn, especially for the early childhood development. And I know myself as a parent to a child at around the ages that you have mentioned, it, it's, it, it's an uphill battle, but it's one of those battles that I'm enjoying um, to partake in because you want your child to be able to get those good cognitive skills, those reasoning skills, those concentration skills, and the thinking and learning skills. Dr. Juan, after doing all this research, do you think that these younger learners are ready to go back to school um, as been indicated by our basic minister of education? Look, I wouldn't be able to comment on sort of the medical side and um, the, the precautions that, that children need to take before getting into school. Um, but I can say that 
it's so important for children to have that structure in their lives um, and to uh, have social engagement with their peers. Um, like I said before, we're seeing um, a number of cases of children who who are displaying uh, what we would consider depression um, because they've been cooped up, because they're not interacting. And I mean, we are social beings, and, and the kids are feeling that at a quite a deep level. Um, so from that point of view, I think it is important that children go back to school. Um, another thing is our schools are vehicles for our school feeding schemes and the school nutrition programs. Um, and sometimes this is the only meal that these young learners will get for a day. Um, and one of the reasons why they're called for children to return back to school is to just um, access these social services that they haven't been able to because of the lockdown. Mm. So there, there is merit as much as there may be demerit. But what would happen for a parent who says, no, despite what the minister has said, I'm not going to take my little one uh, who's mm. in grade R or kindergarten or even grade one back to school this year? Would that negatively impact the child's uh, learning? Um, I mean, it depends on a case-by-case uh, basis. The department has said that it's not going to force uh parents to send their children back until they feel that it's safe. Um, but if, as a parent, you make that decision, then it does. Uh, the duty does rest on you to ensure that some learning is taking place at home. It, it shouldn't be seen as a holiday, um, because I think if you're not engaging with your child, if you're not trying to make this learning environment, uh, then that's a missed opportunity. And it might actually be detrimental to the cognitive development of your child. This is SAFM Late Night Conversations. We are speaking to Dr. Andrea Juan, who's a research specialist for Human Science Research Council. And the topic we are tackling is how to keep children learning at home. And even if you don't have enough materials and resources, but younger early childhood development can still take place. The number that you can dial to join in on the conversation is 011714-4045 or 0891-104207. You can also WhatsApp us on 0614-104107. On the line, I've got Ngonde. Ngonde is in PE. Warm welcome to you, Ngonde. Let me get down to it. First of all, Patricia, I'm a bit nervous about teaching the young ones with impressionable minds. Minds like a sponge. They suck anything. Bad? Good? They just suck. Because these are impressionable minds. So they then need somebody who knows what they are doing. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, because we're dealing here with an, a cognitive ability of somebody very young. Now, you would need them to be well-versed in cognitive theorists, right? To develop a cognitive ability. For example, a young mind should have been taught by um, a person who understands Jean Piaget, somebody who understands Les Vygotsky, somebody who understands Feinstein. Now, all these that I've mentioned are cognitive theorists, as well as um, behavioral theorist. 
In other words, some of them teach by the theory, some of them, you know, by the behavior. Remember, children um, will practice what they see. Monkey see, monkey do, right? Now, you also need to be well-versed about this thing, Patricia. For example, I've got a grade five with me, my niece, also a grade three, right? And I'm teaching them, right? They are syllabus. Now, each child, Patricia, learn according to their preferred learning style. In other words, children don't learn the same way, right? So then you, as they expect, you've got to construct the lesson to fit the learning preference of a child. What I'm saying here, if a child likes to see you moving as you are teaching, then that's a visual learner. So you would prefer the material to suit that learner. Some learner that are auditory, right? Learn by hearing. You would know them when you were around the class. Some of them are tactile learners. So you would need to um, construct things like, um, you, we used to call it cross right? Crossword puzzles, right? And others like to move around when they're learning, called kinesthetic letters, right? Mm. So all these need to be constructed by an expert, someone who knows what they're doing. Because, Patricia, we don't want to teach our kids something that does not work. I wish I could say more. Thank you very much, Ngonde, and well done for uh, taking the baton and uh, helping uh, by teaching the the, the little people in your life. It's a very commendable thing. So, Dr. Juan, you've heard Ngonde there, and I understand exactly what he's saying. Um, because obviously I think he's talking on, on the formal side of learning, but mm. in terms of the early childhood learning that you are advocating for all parents and guardians to do at home, do you think that uh, in terms of the, the point that Monde has made, we could face some challenges if we don't have those abilities to understand the learning styles of a child? Definitely. I, I mean, he's brought up a very good point and he's, I mean, he's mentioned the great theorists of, of behavioral and cognitive um, psychology. Um, I think for older kids, um, there is a distinction between curriculum delivery, so learning new things in the home, and revising what has been done. Um, and for many schools who, who could not have online learning in any form, it, it is just revision. Um, I don't think schools are expecting new curriculum to be delivered to to learners, and if they are, that's putting too much uh, pressure on the, the parent who is not an expert in the subject. Mm. Um, but when it comes to the younger kids, I think the issue is that as a society, we need to, and parents uh, and all caregivers there needs to be some kind of campaign by the Department of Social Development and Basic Education um, that is just an educational campaign where uh, young parents are, are taught about how to, to teach their, their learners, I mean, sorry, their uh, children. Um, and it's simple things like um, 
ask your child to point out the things that are yellow that they can see. It's very simple techniques that can be taught. Um, and in doing this, then you've got the good material that is coming from um, the government um, and parents are just being taught the techniques of how to engage their learners, uh, their children. Mm. Now, as we close off, Dr. Juan, um, what is the word that you can give to us as parents to encourage us to not be despondent and just continue with the learning at home? Yeah, I, I think um, you said it well, don't be despondent. Um, there are the majority of parents are in the same boat um, because of the stresses of the lockdown and the stresses of life in, in general. And um, I think the, the main thing to remember is um, your, your child is not going to um, suffer because you're not a subject specialist. But there are very small, simple things that parents can do um, that can foster this culture of learning that we so desperately need in our country. Thank you so very much, Dr. Juan, and uh, thank you for sharing this particular research. I hope a lot of parents have been encouraged to continue with the learning process. Thank you so much for having me.